Player Profiler today. We are live streaming on YouTube on Player Profiler News on the Player Profiler Network and live on Twitter. What is going on, everybody? We're going to talk about the offseason because we're here. Not to plagiarize from J. Cole, but the offseason, we've arrived. Who can possibly take down this Chiefs dynasty that is forming? Who could possibly come out of the NFC instead of the 49ers next season? This offseason is going to be jam-packed with action, and we've already seen some on the coaching side. We're going to break down everything that's happened in these few weeks of the playoffs on the offseason side and talk about what more is to come. This is Player Profiler Today, February 13, 2024 edition, starting off now. Welcome to Player Profiler today. I am your Tuesday host for the offseason, Ahan Rungta, at Ahan Rungta on Twitter for those who do want to chop it up with me there. I'm taking over for Jack Kavanaugh, our boss of the show, the czar of Player Profiler today. You'll have new show hosts every day of the offseason, but for Tuesdays, you're going to see me. Let's talk, if you're listening to this as a podcast afterwards, don't forget, you can join us live every day of the week at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific, wherever you may be at in the world. Join us for streams live so you can chop it up with us, like Jamie in the chat and Anthony in the chat. I'm Ahan Rungte, and for the next half an hour or so, you'll be spending some time with me. We're going to talk about the offseason, but first, we got to talk Kansas City Chiefs a little bit more. They deserve every minute of coverage. Yesterday on Monday show, Jack Kavanaugh talked about Patrick Mahomes. He echoed my sentiment that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback we've ever seen in the NFL. Appreciate the greatness while it's there. God gave us many opportunities to be alive, but he chose this one for us to be able to watch Patrick Mahomes be the best football player ever. Shout out to the Lord for that. Talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is insane what they have done, and not just because of the run that they put up this season, but the fact that this is Patrick Mahomes' third Super Bowl in five years, and this might have been the toughest one he's had so far and might be the toughest one he'll have the next decade because it's only going to get better for the Kansas City Chiefs from here on out. This was the year to beat Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes was the most expensive cap hit in the NFL, $37 million due to that extension. He was missing a starting offensive line in the Super Bowl against one of the best pass rushes in the NFL, led by Nick Bosa. His wide receiver, one, is a good player in Rashi Rice, but still a rookie and not one that's elite, not a game changer. We're not talking rookie Odell Beckham Jr. here. We're not talking Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. This is a good but not elite winner on the outside, and that was Patrick Mahomes' wide receiver one, and his wide receiver two, Justin Watson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, the name speaks for itself. 
The Kansas City Chiefs had a rest disadvantage from weeks 12 to 17. It's the first time in NFL history a team has had a, a stretch of six straight games with a rest disadvantage. Shout out to Warren Sharp for that little factoid. They had to play in Germany, and they looked mediocre throughout the regular season, and it was one of the reasons I didn't believe in them to go all the way. I was like, you know what? This is the year the Kansas City Chiefs can be beat because they'll, they'll figure it out in following years when they have more money to work with, when they have more draft picks and loaded classes like this one. So this could be the year to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and it didn't happen. No first-round bye because of how mediocre they were in the regular season. Down 10 in the Super Bowl against one of the best defenses in the NFL. No problem for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. John in the chat says, welcome to Tuesdays. Welcome, John, to our show. Jamie says, let's get a speedster like Worthy on the Chiefs. I'm glad we're, we're already talking about what the Chiefs could possibly do this offseason because they got options. Uh, as Jack Harlow said, he could pass that ball like Stockton. Key free agents for the Kansas City Chiefs are obviously the, the one red flag for them. Chris Jones, arguably the best free agent available in the NFL this season. Chris Jones uh, is a free agent. Legereus Sneed, shout out to what the Kansas City Chiefs have done with that secondary. Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, both looking like superstars in each of the last two playoffs, really. Willie Gay, linebacker, also free agent. Donovan Smith, an offensive tackle, a free agent. And safety, Mike Edwards, also a free agent. But given what the Kansas City Chiefs have done the last few years, give, give me the return of Chris Jones and this Kansas City Chiefs defense will be just fine. And we're talking about how Steve Spagnuolo was the absolute master in the playoffs. Let's not forget that the Kansas City Chiefs were still one of the worst run defenses in football this regular season. It just didn't matter. Steve Spagnuolo got the job done against Christian McCaffrey just enough to win you that game. And for the, for the 49ers to barely hit the 20-point mark, it's only going to get better for the Kansas City Chiefs. But wait, there's more. They're in a good position in the draft because this draft is possibly one of the most loaded at wide receiver we have seen in maybe the 21st century. This draft could produce not just a lot of serviceable players just by quantity, but guys with upside. They could snag Troy Franklin with that number 32 overall pick. Adnai Mitchell, depends what they want here. Keon Coleman, Jalen Polk, or Lad McConkie, who could possibly be this year's Puka Nakua. They have options, and yes, the Kansas City Chiefs have fumbled with these draft picks in the past, Clyde edwards Lair. But they have options, and they have the opportunity to win another draft. They're also around middle of the pack in cap space this offseason. There is so much they could possibly do. Anthony brings up Roman Wilson. Roman would also be an awesome addition to the Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm, I'm here to tell you right now that the AFC cannot get much more difficult, not just because of Patrick Mahomes and the fact that he's always going to be the biggest threat in the AFC when the playoffs come around, but also even if the Kansas City Chiefs end up seeing some decline, which I don't see happening as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy, it's a loaded, it's a loaded class in the AFC anyway. And you look at the scope of the NFL right now, and there's a tweet that I made earlier today. And if you're watching live right now on YouTube or Twitter, I'm going to share that on my screen right now. You look at the last 
12 Super Bowl champions, and you look at their preseason odds to win it all, Vegas has generally had a good idea of which teams are the good ones recently. And as you can see on the screen, 11 of the last 12 Super Bowl champions have been top six in preseason odds, the exception being the Philadelphia Eagles, which were eventually champions via Nick Foles. Trent in the chat. Shout out to Trent. What is up, my boy? Is this the real Trent? That, that I, you know, I don't want to get duped here. John says, guys, that could replace all the guys from last year. Not Puka. He's for real. Chef, what is up in the chat? Chef, and like Anthony, is a regular on my other show with Trevor Tipton. What's up, Trent? Regardless, Trent, the 49ers, I'm very sorry what happened. But we now know. I was on your side. But we now know that Patrick Mahomes is here to stay. And going back to this topic about the, the Super Bowls and the fact that Vegas has generally had a good sense of who's going to be good and make a, make a deep playoff run in the Super Bowl. These, these aren't final odds for the preseason. We have a whole preseason. Uh, we have a whole offseason to go before even the preseason starts. But as you, as you see the market right now on the Super Bowl for 20, or the Super Bowl 59 in 2025, you look at who the favorites are. I'm surprised the Kansas City Chiefs are not the favorite. It's still the 49ers. I believe the Kansas City Chiefs should be the favorite, given how much room they have to improve this offseason. Uh, and they're obviously coming off arguably one of the most impressive playoff runs of all time. I think it's only going to get easier for the Chiefs going forward. The 49ers are your favorites to open up the offseason. That could change over the next few months. And then you look at what is there in the rest of the field. Your top six, the 49ers, the Chiefs, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, the Detroit Lions, and the Cincinnati Bengals. That's where the top six stand right now, but of course that could change going down the line. And you notice a lot, a lot of those names were in the AFC. Other AFC contenders, the Miami Dolphins, but the problem is they have no quarterback. If you're a Tua fan and you're in this chat and you're hurt, I'm sorry, deal with it. Tua Tagovailoa is just not going to cut it right now. The way the Miami Dolphins play football, it's not going to work in the cold weather. If Tua Tagovailoa has to play a road game in the playoffs, it's going to be a problem. The Houston Texans, the storyline of 2023, arguably, with C.J. Stroud being the best rookie quarterback, winning offensive rookie of the year, rightfully so. The Houston Texans may be the biggest threat to win a playoff game against Kansas City in the AFC right now, other than the Baltimore Ravens. Houston Texans definitely up there. The New York Jets are considered a contender by Vegas odds. They have a broken offense. They will have a lot of work to do to give Aaron Rodgers everything he needs to possibly make a Super Bowl run. The Los Angeles Chargers, though, is going to be a big topic of today's show. They need weapons, and they need weapons badly. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, on the thumbnail for this video, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they need health more than anything. And you, you saw this year that they saw some regression with health, and they didn't address depth, and it cost them, right? The, their pass-catching room so reliant on the big three in Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Evan Engram. They're going to need depth on offense and defense. The Cleveland Browns, amazing defense. Good weapons. Quarterback situation, actually disgusting. Good for Joe Flacco for winning comeback player of the year, but that story is most likely not going to repeat itself. 
And Deshaun Watson, we've seen a large sample size by now. And he's not that guy. He's not that guy anymore. And the Cleveland Browns could be stuck in a rut with that huge contract. Indianapolis Colts. Shout out to the Indianapolis Colts. Kind of forgot about the Indianapolis Colts for a little bit because of how good C.J. Stroud was. But Anthony Richardson had a good rookie season when he was healthy. They're going to need a lot of work on that defense. But I love what Shane Steichen is building around Anthony Richardson there. Some comments in the chat. Chef says Tua is the only QB I can think of. I've seen under throw so many wide open uh, receivers yet stay as a starter. I could name a couple in this league. Desmond Ritter with the Falcons. We'll talk about the Falcons. John says, I heard that 49ers might trade Ayuk to the Jets. Brandon Ayuk, big storyline this offseason. I'm glad John brought it up. His fr- uh, longtime friend, former teammate, posted on Instagram that uh, looks like they want out of San Francisco, which is which, which would shake up the league if the 49ers lost Brandon Ayuk and didn't replace him with one of the league's top wide receivers. I think they should easily not be the favorites, even in the NFC, because Brandon Ayuk is an absolute stud. And if you're upset that he didn't quote-unquote produce that much in the Super Bowl in a tough matchup, I'm sorry. He his The effect that Brandon Ayuk has as a route winner is what's going to open up offense for the uh, the rest of the, the 49ers. And as good Brock Purdy was in his improbable you know, Super Bowl run, as good as he was this season, he does need the entirety of this elite offensive system that the 49ers have built. Jamie says, yeah, the Browns are doomed for my lifetime, especially with Haslam moving the state into the suburbs. Not a great situation in Cleveland. But we talked about the AFC and how stacked they are, even if you completely ignore the fact that the best quarterback in football is there. It's safe to say that the NFC is much more wide open right now. There are some other contenders besides the top uh, the, the, the top guys uh, in odds. We talked about the 49ers. We talked about the, the Lions as the second favorite. Uh, excuse me. Yes, the Lions as the second favorite in odds for the Super Bowl right now as of February 13 in odds. But let's not forget the NFC has a few contenders other than those. The Philadelphia Eagles need an overhaul in coaching. I think every Eagles fan who I've ever talked to over the course of the last six months agreed that they need a complete overhaul in coaching. They've started to work on that already. The Green Bay Packers, do they have the brightest future in the NFC North, even if the Bears can draft Caleb Williams? Possibly, because we'll talk a little bit more about the moves they've started to make as well. The Dallas Cowboys, I thought of them as a contender this season, despite them having Mike McCarthy. I thought that would be what would do them in. Mike McCarthy is returning, and I don't if you're a Cowboys fan, I would not be happy about that. But this is not, you know, this is not Wake and Take. If you want a full if you want a full show of takes, go join Wake and Take with Jason Allwine in the mornings. But the Cowboys are gonna have Mike McCarthy returning. Uh, and I do want to give a huge shout out to the Dallas Cowboys uh, coordinator for cornerbacks, their, their cornerback coach, Alshonard Harris. Just an absolute stud, what he's done with that uh, defensive back situation in Dallas with Trayvon Diggs. And Trayvon Diggs gets hurt. And then making Daron Bland look absolutely like a stud sometimes. Yes, he stat pads with interceptions, but Harris has made it work in Dallas, and that defense is always going to be formidable with him still coaching. I think he is a possible uh, defensive coordinator in the near future. 
I would love to see what happens with Dak Prescott. John brings it up in the chat. Why would Dak stay? That's a great question. Dak Prescott possibly a candidate to move. And something that I have explored a little bit is the possibility of the Miami Dolphins getting Dak Prescott. That would be something that would shake up the league. If Dak Prescott can go to a team like that where they've already built an offensive system, a coaching culture, $49 million and a free agent next year. You're right, John. I think Dak would be served by going to a served well by going to a team like Miami, and Miami would obviously see a huge upgrade going from Tua to Dak Prescott. That to possibly shake up the league and uh, maybe put the Dolphins in contention. Just an idea. More on the NFC. We talked about the Eagles. We talked about the Packers. We talked about the Cowboys. And don't forget, arguably the most active team in the NFL through the first few days of the offseason, possibly the sleeper of the NFL right now. They're a complete long shot to win the Super Bowl right now on sportsbooks, the Seattle Seahawks. If you are one of those who like putting tickets out very early in the offseason and are okay with waiting out a full year for your ticket to possibly pay out or maybe look at cash out options, consider the Seattle Seahawks as a team that could very well be a contender by week one. And that'll bring up the transition, which is the uh, the, the main course of this, of this show, which is the off-season moves made so far. And in this show, we'll catch you up with pretty much every relevant staff move that's been made through the first few days of the off-season so far. But before that, let's hear a quick word from the Podfather. Oh, hey, it's a Mr. Breakout Finder coming at you. The Breakout Finder features three key tools a database of metrics that includes speed score college dominator breakout age but also breakout finder only stats like dynamic score level of competition teammate score all of these things are part of the overall breakout finder algorithm that pinpoints the probability that a player will break out everyone's talking about my model does this and my model does that well we give you the data points that go into the model we have a feature that lets you compare players And then we give you the precise probability of every wide receiver, every running back sorted and filterable by class year. So when I'm talking to my friends and I need to show them why I'm so bullish on player X, I pull out the breakout finder and bam, there he is. So go to the app store, go to Google play. It's five bucks to get the breakout finder. And then a couple extra bucks to get some of these additional enhanced stats, go download it and thank me later. We're back on Player Profiler today, Tuesday, February 13, 2024, where we're talking about some off-season moves. And we'll talk about the off-season moves made so far in the staff slash coaching department. And I think I'm going to highlight just a few of these that I think will actually have a real effect on the scope of the NFL. Let me know in the chat if you're watching live with us, which one of these you think uh, will have the biggest impact on the NFL Did your team make a huge coaching uh, change? Because mine did. Let's start with the most obvious for fantasy purposes, which is the Atlanta Falcons have fired head coach Arthur Smith, and they've hired Raheem Morris from the Rams to take over as head coach duties. I don't know if this is going to completely change the scope of the Falcons and how they operate, because none of us truly know this yet. But... Raheem Morris has definitely said some exciting things in his press conference, which was headlined by, how how will I approach this Atlanta Falcons offense? 
Well, they have playmakers that need to be used, and he mentioned specifically Drake London and Bijan Robinson. As a Kyle Pitts stand myself, I'm disappointed he didn't mention Kyle Pitts, but we all know press conferences don't mean anything anyway, good or bad. But it's worth noting. The Falcons also hired TJ Yates as a QB coach, which personally makes me feel ancient. I'm in my early 20s, and that makes me feel ancient. TJ Yates, NFL Draft 2011 fifth-round pick, played in the NFL until 2017 with the Texans. Uh, Never panned out as a starter in the NFL, but someone that I used to, (laughs) when we had injuries in Madden, TJ Yates would come right in. And uh, he's been a coach in the NFL since 2019, was an offensive assistant with the Houston Texans, then became an assistant QB coach, and then joined the Falcons where he first worked as a passing game specialist, then a wide receivers coach, and now he's the quarterback's coach, which obviously transitions into who will be the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Could it be Justin Fields? Could it be someone in the draft? I certainly don't want to see more of Desmond Ritter. I don't know about you. Next up, the New York Giants fired special teams coordinator Thomas Gauhey. Apologies if I'm mispronouncing that name. Offensive line coordinator Bobby Johnson. And they hired Carmen Brasillo as offensive line coach. Michael Gabriel as special teams. Safe to say the Giants uh, were not very impressive last season. And a big part of that was their bottom five offensive line and bottom five special teams. No surprise they're looking for a shakeup there. Not much to discuss. Staying on the eastern side, my New England Patriots have let go of arguably the best football coach of all time, Bill Belichick. And he's not the best because of what he was doing uh, at the moment. It was a very necessary move for my New England Patriots to have a change of culture. Uh, There were some things that Bill was doing extremely well as recently as last season, such as continue to lead Patriots defenses to be top 10 in many metrics, such as DVOA, such as success rate, uh, as recently as this season, despite injuries, season-long injuries to Matthew Judon, to their stud rookie cornerback Christian Gonzalez. Bill Belichick was doing some great things with that defense, but it was clearly time for a direction change, and will Gerard Mayo be that guy that changes the culture in New England and looks for a new offensive direction. The New England Patriots obviously have a top three pick as of now. Will they do the right thing and get some offense? We find out. Las Vegas names head coach Antonio Pierce as the permanent head coach. He was the interim head coach. I have one comment on this. I love it. Antonio Pierce is a is a head coach in this league. Loved what we saw from him working with Aiden O'Connell and uh, a little bit of a mediocre defense by personnel, but performed at a high level under Antonio Pierce. Absolutely love the move for Las Vegas. A lot of movement between the Dolphins and the Packers and uh, and adjacents here. Miami released defensive coordinator Vic Fangio of his duties, and notably some players were not too happy with that as multiple Dolphins posted on social media that, uh, you know, either or excuse me, they were not uh, they were not happy necessarily with Vic Fangio. They posted on social media some cryptic things about Vic Fangio. Looks like some of the players wanted him out. Maybe a couple wanted him to stay. Regardless, he's gone, and they've hired Joe Barry from Green Bay. 
Green Bay, who is one of the worst defenses in the NFL for a good portion of the season, got hot at the right time on offense and defense. Joe Barry did some good things in the second half of the season, but at the end of the day, Green Bay had a lot of defensive deficiencies. They were one of the worst run defenses in the league, uh, and they were a surprisingly mediocre pass defense considering they have an elite quarterback in Jair Alexander and a couple of really talented players uh, working in the pass defense. I'm not surprised that Green Bay let go of Jill Berry. I think it's a great move for them. Green Bay also, here's an under-the-radar move that maybe you guys haven't even heard of. You know how Christian Watson was hurt most of the season and Dontavian Wicks was dealing with injuries and Bo Melton wasn't even discovered until later because he was dealing with injuries uh, at the beginning of the season and uh, more more and more injuries on the offensive side of the ball, uh, some of which were caused by hospital balls from Jordan Love, but mostly just injury after injury that seemed like they could be prevented. Uh, well, Green Bay has fired strength and condition coordinator Chris Giese and hired Jeff Halfley as their new defensive coordinator. Jeff Halfley, a long history as a coach, going back all the way to 2001 when he started as a running backs coach at WPI, then went to Albany, to Pittsburgh, to Rutgers, joined the NFL in 2012 when he was a defensive backs coach at Tampa Bay, went to the Cleveland Browns as a defensive backs coach, went to the 49ers as a defensive backs coach, where the 49ers had a lot of success. Got to love those 49ers teams and what he did there. Went to Ohio State as a defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach and spent the last few years with Boston College as the head coach. This man has seen a lot. I think it's a great hire and potentially a huge upgrade to go from Joe Barry to Jeff Halfley, a defensive coordinator, which is why I think in a few months, we're going to be viewing the Packers as serious contenders to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. A lot of motion with the Tennessee Titans. Fired head coach Mike Vrabel and Brian Callahan, uh, the offensive coordinator. Bill Callahan uh, became the offensive line, uh, the offensive line coach. Tyke Tolbert, the wide receivers coach. Randy Jordan, the running backs coach. Bo Hardigui, the quarterbacks coach. Peyton McCollum, assistant wide receivers coach. Frank Bush, the linebackers coach, Steve Jackson, the secondary and safeties coach, Tracy Rocker, the defensive line coach, and Ben Blue, the outside linebackers coach. That is just so much motion in the coaching staff. We'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. Tennessee has a lot of work to do this offseason. They could address part of it with the draft. The Cincinnati Bengals promoted Dan Pitcher to offensive coordinator uh, as a uh, as a part of their flurry of moves with the the uh, the coaching staff, their offensive coordinator last season, Brian Callahan, obviously just goes to Tennessee, as we just mentioned. So they need a new offensive coordinator there. They hired Dan Pitcher. The Washington Commanders, big storyline here, and possibly the most worrisome of the la- of the first few days of the offseason is we aren't sure what the co- Commanders' uh, real game plan is here. Commanders have named Eric Washington as their defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn as their head coach, and Brian Johnson, who was arguably one of the worst, most monotone play callers in football last season, who the Philadelphia Eagles promptly fired, has headed to the offensive uh, coordinator staff. So I'm not sure what direction Washington wants here. 
Are they going to keep Sam Howell as a starter? Are they going to grab a, a Drake May of sorts in the draft? Washington has a lot of questions, and it is completely unclear if they plan on winning anytime soon. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Just keep it frank. The Dallas Cowboys, we talked about them a little bit earlier, how they could have been serious uh, contenders if they work a little bit on their coaching staff. They've named Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. Mike Zimmer, obviously a former head coach, and has worked with Dallas in the past, where Dallas has fielded multiple top 10 defenses. I think this Dallas defense is going to continue to be good, but it is worth seeing how they address this draft. Are they going to work more on this defense? Are they going to look for one more playmaker for Dak? Are they going to realize this offseason that Luke Schoonmaker is the best tight end on their team? A lot of questions for Dallas Cowboys. A couple more. Cleveland Browns named Ken Dorsey, the former Bills offensive coordinator, uh, as uh, uh, as their offensive coordinator. Cleveland hires him. Tommy Reese as the tight ends and pass game specialist. And Jacques Cassaire, their defensive line coach. And Deuce Stanley, their running backs coach. Cleveland like we mentioned at the top of the show, one of the most stagnant offenses, uh, one of the teams that you could expect to be the most stagnant in the NFL going forward until they figure out their quarterback situation. Hard to see them competing in the AFC for real, but it looks like they're trying to make some changes to head back to the playoffs and possibly win a playoff game. At least there's effort through the first few games uh, or first few days of the offseason. Last but definitely not the least, possibly the biggest, uh, you know, the two of the biggest name drops of the offseason so far. I mentioned Seattle Sea, the Seattle Seahawks being a contender. Uh, once we see the offseason through, at the top of the show, I mentioned that they've let go of Super Bowl champion Pete Carroll, who stays on the team as a uh, with as a role with 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 uh, the front office with players which I think is a an awesome move for them. The organization loves him. The players have always loved Pete Carroll as a person, as a mentor, but it was very obvious uh, that they did need a change in culture, much like my Patriots, and they've let go of Pete Carroll. They're looking for a new direction, and they've done so by naming Mike McDonald the ninth head coach in franchise history. Mike McDonald, obviously, with the Ravens, a huge part of their success last season absolutely love that hire for seattle and it's why i think they could take the next step from being a decent team to a scary playoff team this offseason and of course to capital of the los angeles chargers possibly the big or i would say definitely the biggest splash of the february hirings they have hired not only jim harbaugh for michigan football but also Jesse Minter as their defensive coordinator for Michigan. I think this won't be the last uh, you will see of the Chargers getting some help from Michigan. I think they will be in heavy contention for Blake Corum to replace Austin Eckler. And don't forget the Chargers also have draft picks that they could very well use to give help to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in football right now. They have the number five overall pick. They have a chance to go the Brock Bowers route. They have a chance to maybe trade up for a Marvin Harrison. The pod father from Player Profiler is never going to let you forget that Quentin Johnston is a bust. Um, it's over for Quentin Johnston. A historically bad season for Quentin Johnston, one that his 
historically not been easy, been nearly impossible to recover from in a career. Just not the guy for Justin Herbert. They're going to get some offensive help, and they're going to get it under new hiring Jim Harbaugh and Jesse Minter, who needs to fix that defense as well. Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen absolutely need help, and if the Chargers can cook up a great offseason, they have a chance to do so and put Justin Herbert in contention as a serious candidate to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Jamie in the chat says, I like to do Staley hiring as the running backs coach for Cleveland. Shout out to Nick Chubb, working on uh, a, a speedy recovery, an absolute gruesome injury last season during a primetime game. Nick Chubb's going to come back stronger than ever. One of the best running backs in football when completely healthy. Arguably the best pure runner in football when completely healthy. It'll be interesting to see how he uh, performs coming off that injury. But I do agree that Deuce Staley is a good hiring for Cleveland, who still has a lot of other stuff to figure out. That'll be the show for today. Don't forget, Player Profiler today is going to have you covered every day of the offseason with a new host each day. I am Ahan Rongta. I will be your Tuesdays. Uh, I was about to say Tuesdays coordinator. I'm in the offensive coordinator slash defensive coordinator mood these days. But I will be your Tuesdays coach. You can follow me at Ahan Rungta. Just join me in chat every Tuesday. And join Player Profiler today with our other amazing hosts, Jack Kavanaugh, Bradley Stalder, Toomey. We got amazing hosts every day. And also me. Player Profiler will see you tomorrow for Player Profiler today where we talk more about this stat offseason. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.